live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Alan K. Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in on a Wednesday morning, December 21st, 2022. Four days until Christmas, just a few hours left in autumn. Winter starts this afternoon uh, in a few hours and uh, going to do so with a bang uh, with the storm that we've been talking about here for about a week, really getting started in earnest today and enough so that last night, you had uh, a whole lot of uh, a lot of school systems in the area, including LPS, say, you know what? Christmas break starts tonight. No school for either of the next two days, um, including uh, Lincoln Catholic schools as well, several other school districts around here. And uh, yeah, that gives you an idea of what they're hearing about the forecast and the weather today. Uh, I'll start things out. To, I mean, really kind of typical this morning so far for what we've seen in the previous few days. We've got seven degrees. The wind chill is uh, actually not even as cold as it was yesterday at that time. The winds just aren't up real extensively right now. So we've got five miles an hour right at the moment, uh, making the wind chill the feels like number right now, three below. You do still have uh, from the little bit of snow that we had gotten over the last 24, 48 hours that have uh, made for some icy spots, especially on some residential roads. But you were kind of dealing with that yesterday as well. And so nothing particularly new right at the moment in terms of what is going to happen. But that is expected to change in the coming hours and days. Uh, just in terms of the timing that we've got, um, we're expected for winds to dramatically increase when the sun goes down tonight, which, by the way, the earliest the sun goes down of the entire year, given that it's the uh, winter solstice, yeah. Uh, so the shortest day of the year. So when that does happen at Let about your five last o'clock, few hours to enjoy autumn. Yeah, well, <laughs> when that when that does happen about five o'clock, those winds are going to start to go up, um, and we're going to see those twenty plus mile an hour winds with the forty mile an hour gusts. Uh, probably about when you're going to bed tonight, about about eleven o'clock. That is going to plunge the wind chills down. Um, you know, today again, weather. Uh, I guess in terms of temperature wise, really not going to be that terrible. Um, Mid twenties temps uh, with winds. Again, when the sun is up, uh, winds ten miles an hour. Maybe get some gusts up near twenty. Uh, but that's going to put the wind chills uh, for today. In by the time you get to the afternoon, into the double digits. So again, not all that notable here for this time of year maybe some flurries this morning uh but then the wind goes up significantly in the evening the snowfall begins in the overnight hours evening to overnight hours probably wrapping up during the show tomorrow mark uh let's talk a little bit about what you heard from the national weather service yesterday uh it sounds like the the big thing that uh, if i'm understanding what you heard was that the snow totals they've tamped tapped uh tamped down a little bit but they haven't really changed anything just in terms of uh the extreme cold and the wind fair to say that yeah pretty much now as as far as tamping down you're right They've reduced the total amount of snow, but they also made mention of the fact with the winds, it's going to be very difficult to actually find out how much snow actually right. has Where do you measure? Yeah. yeah, and so they did acknowledge that. But uh, as far as moisture, 
with some rising temperatures now or south winds this morning. We're going to see some light snow and probably change to freezing drizzle in a mix uh, throughout the, a good portion of the afternoon. Uh, so we're, okay. going, we're going to have a little bit of a change in how that moisture is coming. Uh, and, and so the yeah. afternoon commute could be a little dicey and icy. So I'm assuming that is what, uh, you know, LPS made this I think, decision I think, on. I, 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 I would, frankly was, was pretty surprised when I heard this last night. Yeah, so was I. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would imagine they've, they've got some indications that uh, icing this afternoon uh, actually could start this morning. Uh, we're, okay. we're expecting the light flurries uh, to, to begin this morning and be mixed with some freezing grizzle. But as the temperatures warm up, I mean, we're going to be in the upper 20s, as you mentioned. Uh, that's a ripe uh, temperature with south winds bringing this moisture in ahead of the cold front. Okay, well. Uh, that would be my guess anyway. Yeah, I, I again, I was, I was, I, <laughs> I had a couple of uh, people ask me, my own kids included, like, hey, because they had seen that there were some, uh, there were some of the districts around Omaha that were canceling for tomorrow. And I said, nah, there's no way. I just, I don't think they'll do that. How many times have we seen it when yep. Omaha area districts have canceled, but Lincoln has, hasn't. And then add on to it that it becomes a different logistical challenge right now to cancel school uh, for high schoolers because they're in final exams and they had already adjusted the finals exam schedule uh, so that there wouldn't be any on Thursday. And so, uh, for instance, you know, my son had four final exam periods at least scheduled for tomorrow. And we got a text last night that said that they will be taking those final exams now in, in January. So essentially starting off the second semester by taking finals for the first semester, yeah. Yeah, which it, which is interesting. It, when I was in uh, high school here in Lincoln, that was how they did it. That's the norm. That's how the, the norm, how they did it every year. Our semester break, just because of how the calendar was set out, the halfway point happened in January. And so we would come back from Christmas break and have like two weeks of classes and then you would take final exams, and then you would have a semester break in the middle of January, which was um, uh, which for the was good old days. Odd. Yeah, but we always, you know, we always said, "Man, you're, we forget everything." <laughs> it felt like we forget everything we needed for those finals <laughs> during Christmas break. So there is a, a a part of me that feels bad for some of these kids that would probably just rather get these exams out of the way and not be thinking about them during Christmas break. And now they're gonna they're gonna have plenty of time to study, I guess. Uh, sure. For these things. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Or play laser tag. Right. Well, yeah, that was, uh, I had uh, quite the situation last night at, at my house. My my son, uh, this is crazy if you followed this show for a long time. Uh, my son was one year old when I started this job in diapers. Uh, he is uh, celebrating his 18th birthday tomorrow. And <laughs> <laughs> he's celebrating, so he's going to be a you know proverbial adult tomorrow. But uh, he... Uh, his his uh, friends and his uh, girlfriend had put together uh, a little bit of a surprise get together, just ordering pizza and stuff last night at our house in between studying for finals, and so they come over after after studying and uh, they're standing around uh, having pizza, watching the basketball game, and I pull out my phone and I see <laughs> I see the tweet from Paul Gosman that says we've got an announcement coming here in a few minutes, and I was like, oh my gosh, you guys. I don't think he'd put that out unless this was something yeah. there. About five, ten minutes later, LPS puts the uh, the tweet out, and I said, "Hey guys, 
<laughs> guess what? Your Christmas break starts right now. And the now these guys did not seem to be worried about having to push finals back into January because it was pure jubilation yeah. in that room. That is a problem for the future. That is that's, and in the now. That's exactly what one of my son's friends said. That's a concern for future me, not current me. And I was like Probably not a good mentality to have for the rest of your life. I told him that, but those are the exact words that he used at that moment. Are you uh, kidding me? I'm in my 30s. We, my wife and I, use that. We're like that. That's a problem for this. So week, it turned it turned from a uh, kind of a muted in between finals uh, birthday celebration to an all out an all out party. <laughs> and hey, let's go out and have some fun tonight. <laughs> uh, and and so uh, that's what it was. So that was. That was actually pretty fun uh, to be a part of that. So hopefully they're ready for their finals when they come along again <laughs> come January. So yeah, that's um, uh, that's where we are with this with this weather situation. Um, Mark, you look. You know, we were we were going to be going uh, to the east. We were going to go visit the in laws in Iowa. We were going to leave on Friday. We canceled that trip, and so I've been following the uh, National Weather Service out of Iowa, and and they're still they're still talking about uh, pretty significant snows there over most of uh, most of the east here. Um, you know that where where we're talking about now, what two to Two to four inches, right? Uh, the really the whole middle swath of Iowa is still looking at four to six, four to seven inches. Yep. Um, and of course that'll go up into Minnesota. And so if you're driving east, uh, especially on Friday, still uh, th- or tomorrow for that matter, um, that's still going to be, I think, really challenging. Um, I've I, been following the National Weather Service out of Des Moines. They have this this chart, and they did it here. For, for the Nebraska National Weather Services where they do kind of a chart with a color code in terms of the yeah. travel conditions. And that chart is actually available right now at KLIN.com. Is it? Okay. Day by day. But the, the Des Moines one put out. Yeah. Uh, I did they, see that. They, yeah. they have, uh, they have all these color codes like yellow is minor, orange is moderate, red is major, and then they have a purple mm-hmm. that is extreme, uh, extremely bad travel conditions. They have that for, um, Thursday morning, all day, all Thursday night, all Friday morning, all Friday afternoon, all Friday overnight as well before Friday during the day, um, or Friday, Friday night, they finally have it going from extreme to major. Yep. Compared uh, all to, the way till Saturday. Compared to Lincoln, that, uh, extreme is just between midnight and six tomorrow morning. Okay. Yeah. So. So, so you're right. It's going to be it's going to be a lot worse to the east, and even in uh, northeast uh, Nebraska, it's going to be a little worse. And and it'll it'll again be you know I I I, th- I think even though that the the like you had said the the snowfall totals look like they'll be a little bit more muted than maybe some of the numbers we had talked about earlier, um, but like you said, it's going to be hard to tell how much snow there even is. Yeah. Um, and of course, if you get six inches, it's, there's more to blow around than if you get three inches. Uh, but still the, the, the risks and the difficulty of travel and really the difficulty of being outside at all are not all that different one to the other between those because it's the, the blowing, the wind chill. Um, and just the snow all over the, the visibility issues that come and, along. And even with though that. it's it's light, fluffy snow, it can get packed in very, very heavy. It was interesting on the uh, public safety media briefing yesterday. They were talking about how these high winds can actually break apart the snowflakes, and they get smaller and smaller, and and pack in and become very uh, difficult to move. Really? Yeah. Huh. Hmm. 
Hmm. So, uh, by the way, in case you're wondering, uh, Williston, North Dakota is 22 below right now. So it's already, uh, temperature. Yes. Okay. Actual temp. So, uh, and it's uh, like 34 below just north of the border. Oh, goodness. So it's it's going to be severely cold. I do see that uh, just in terms of really bottoming out the lowest uh, the the lowest numbers that Lincoln is going to see uh, in terms of wind chills will probably happen tomorrow during the show. Yeah, um, that'll be About 35 below there. That, yeah, that'll be like seven o'clock, eight, 24 hours from right now is when we are going to feel the coldest combination because you'll have your lowest temperatures about 7, 8 a.m. tomorrow at 10 below. Uh, your wind's going to be up to 40 mile an hour gusts. So that's we're going to have uh, we're going to have wind chills during the show tomorrow of 35, 40 below, probably at the South Pole. Yes, it is currently 13 below. <laughs> really? <laughs> we're, we're going we're going south. We're going south for Christmas this year to warm up it's a little bit. Also the start of winter uh, summer down there this afternoon. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Th- that's that's true. Yeah, and then during the day that the the temperature is still uh probably during the day even once the sun comes out you'll hit your your overnight uh your high in the overnight hours at 12:01. Uh, which might be at zero, and then really consistently down and and staying at between seven below and ten below over the course of Thursday, over the course of Friday. Temperatures uh, don't really go up until Friday afternoon, when you probably will get back above zero, uh, then back o- under zero for the overnight hours, and then the wind chill uh, warning uh, ends on Saturday, I believe at noon, and we should have the wind pretty kind of died down. For New Year or for Christmas Eve, I should say temperatures back into the the single digits at that point, and so kind of a normalization by then. And uh, and Christmas should be you know Christmas itself, you know not terrible out there. Uh, we're it probably going to be sunny skies. Might get up to thirty degrees. I mean, you're still flirting with cargo shorts weather, given how hot the house can be for Christmas. Uh, so keep that in mind. Just because right. we got a couple of days here where it's going to be terrible, it doesn't change all the rules for cargo shorts at the Christmas gathering when the thermostat's set on 82 and the oven's on all day. Okay. Then, have you looked, Mark, at the 8 to 14 day outlook yes. for temperatures? Yes. It looks like someone dropped red paint on the country. <laughs> Different yeah. shades of red paint. It's like one of those red paint swatches yeah. that you get when you're uh, when you're painting something. It is the entire country and and right the Midwest, including Lincoln, is the highest probability of being above average temperatures for New Year's Eve, New Year's weekend, essentially, and not too far out. But it looks like we may be uh, flirting a little bit with fifty degree temperatures by the time New Year's gets here. So we're gonna have to melt some snow. Yeah, there'll be a, yeah, the snow's not gonna be around long. That's yeah. the thing, and. Um, that usually, that, that's always, if, if you listen to Dr. Ken Dewey, if you get a big snow that sticks around, that really impacts, that can have a long-term impact on the temperatures in winter. And we're deleting this one fairly quickly. So, you know, if, uh, don't, don't get too attached to these 40 below wind chills cause they're not going to stick around. Sorry that's, guys. That's... Man, you know what chaps my hide? Winter lasting three days. <laughs> Fake winter. <laughs> Fake winter. <laughs> By the way, just a uh, word of uh, caution about any pets that might be outside yeah. in this weather. Uh, we posted a list of guidelines and suggestions from Lincoln Animal oh. Control. They're posted on. Somebody, okay, yeah, you come over and tell my yeah. I was going to sell. Somebody tell my dog and his half brother that's staying with us. They want to go in and out eighteen thousand <laughs> times a day. Jeez, 
please, you guys. Just a minute. 18,000. It's unbelievable. Make a decision where you want to be. <laughs> and maybe the wind chill will help that a little bit. I don't know. I've never seen my dog act like he's cold ever. Well, but. it helps with our with our Aussie mix because she'll go outside. She'd be like, "All right, I got to get back inside." We're like, "No, you have to go pee first. Like, right. you don't just get to go out and go." I don't like. This I've still never seen head. that behavior from my dog, um, but he's really never seen true winter temperatures Again, in his entire life. Instill copious amounts of anxiety. <laughs> okay, I just feel like that's not. <laughs> Uh, other news, uh, Ronnie Green uh, announced yesterday that he is going yeah. to be uh, stepping down. Uh, a little bit of a, a surprise there, but he put out an announcement that um, either at the end of this year or if they've got a replacement before then, he will be stepping down as the chancellor of the university. Uh, been there since 2016. Hank Bounds uh, was, appointed he was, him. He was as chancellor. He as was chancellor. With, with in the that university. job. Yeah. yeah. He was with the university earlier. Yeah. So uh, uh, Ted Carter will lead the uh, lead the search to find Green's replacement over the course of the second semester. Probably a search firm to uh, aid and hunt for the new leader there. Might uh, and, uh, put together an advisory committee. Might Ronnie Green be involved in that search? <laughs> I don't know. Might he? Might that? Might that decision be reconsidered? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, big news at the uh, at the university is there on their break as well. All right, 625 Nebraska basketball getting after it last night at the vault. The battle at the vault. Caleb will give us the latest on that and more in sports next on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news in sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. Uh, a couple quick notes. I didn't mention it, but it is a What Chap Chart Wednesday. Yeah, Facebook page has already been very active. Uh, the uh, Rickstein Recognition text line is open. It is your last chaps, guys, of 2022. We will be in a... Uh, Best of week next week, which I think you're really going to enjoy. Caleb and I have been doing a lot of work getting this uh, this ready for you and uh, kind of listening to it while we do it, I think, Caleb, uh, at least yeah. has been my experience. And uh, between some of the some of the fun, funny segments that we did last year, some of the some of the interviews, some of the podcast stuff that we did, uh, it's going to be a lot of good stuff. So we hope you enjoy it. And we're all going to take that time off and you, get uh, back to it in 23. Then you realize how important this is. What's that? The chaps. Why? Why, uh, why I, is that? I, I talked to Debbie yesterday. Yes. She changed a breakfast appointment <laughs> so that she could call in today because it's that I'm important sorry. to her. I'm sorry. I can't meet you for <laughs> breakfast. I need to I need to share my uh, What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. So, it's basically therapy. It really is. Some people, yeah. Some people uh, need it more than others. Right. <laughs> it is. It is. And you don't have to worry about the uh, co-insurance payments or anything like that with what chaps your eye I mean, Wednesday. We, we developed some great relationships. I mean, just think of the goodies that came in here what day yeah. before yesterday. That Paul came oh, in yeah. and brought us some of his, uh, some you, of his cookies, Paul. which were, uh, by, which by, were delicious. By so. the way, there's still a few here. <laughs> good, good to know. Good all to right. know. All so, right. all right. So, what Chapter Wednesday is uh, is coming up? 
uh, here at 710. You can uh, get in early on that, though, the Facebook page, facebook.com slash LNK today. Or, like I said, text us on the Rickstein Recognition text line. We'll also open up the phones at 710-402-479-1400. Then uh, during the 8 o'clock hour, Mayor Leary and Gaylor Baird is going to join us for her final visit in 2022. Uh, John Bishop scheduled to join us as well at 835 uh, here on uh, on this early signing day for Nebraska football. And as Caleb mentioned, already starting to get, I don't know if they're still doing them via faxes, but uh, they're that, still. That's how we did it when I signed mine. Is it? You faxed it over yeah. to Edwardsville? Um, yeah. The, so Now, the, we didn't really have the, when did the early signing period start? Oh, only about four years ago, five years yeah, ago. Yeah, because mine was in early February. Yeah, that like, was like that's what it used Wednesday to always be was that big February day. Uh, it used to kind of be like a, a football holiday. It's kind of. Uh, changed a little bit with them adding this one and and for a variety of reasons but yeah that used to be that used to be some some uh media entities went completely wall-to-wall coverage the entire day mm-hmm. of signing day things have changed a bit uh in college sports since since then but you still get an idea of uh what Matt Rule has been able to do with his staff in a short period yep. of time and starting to put together uh starting to put together a roster and as you said a, another big transfer last night so they've been they've been active they've uh, done they've done a good job i think here uh in the in the early they few have. weeks of this in in uh getting that roster put together it's an exciting day for a lot of these young people not just football but any of the sports that when when they do sign i i do i like to see what a lot of the high schools do, where they get a lot of the students together to watch you sign and make that decision for for the next step in your life. And I know when I did it, it was me in front of the school photographer with my parents and my coaches, and that was it. You know what I just thought? School being canceled today, a bunch of the local ones. uh, That's right. I don't know if they'll still do them or what, what, or are what those, they'll do. What do those signing ceremonies look like? Yeah, now? because usually the school will set something up for all the school's athletes that are signing at that period to kind of mm-hmm. have a joint ceremony and bring their family in and, and do that kind of thing. So that's a little bit of a, bum, uh, bit of a bummer. But um, they're also probably happy with not going to school, too. So <laughs> right, it the all, trade-off. It all balances out. All right, let's jump in to our sound off. Uh, overnight, some uh, news breaking that there's going to be a surprise visitor to Washington, D.C. to make a speech in front of a joint session of Congress tonight. Uh, Vladimir Zelensky is going to be coming in, and I've got the wrong days. Uh, I've got the wrong days uh, clips in here, so I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that. But they've been trying to keep it under wraps uh, here for quite some time. Uh, but Zelensky is going to be making the trip in today and then speaking to that joint session of Congress later tonight. So let's hear a little bit more about, as if I can get us here, to that. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is traveling to D.C. for an expected Wednesday night address to a joint meeting of Congress. Zelensky is also expected to meet with top congressional leaders and National Security Committee members. The visit has been closely guarded. In a note to colleagues, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi simply encouraged lawmakers to be physically present tomorrow night for what she said would be a very special focus on democracy. A $1.7 trillion government funding bill being considered this week includes about $45 billion in Ukraine aid. On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News. Yeah, so um, this will be this will be pretty significant for him for him to do this. This is actually his. This is uh, my understanding is uh, first trip uh, outside of Ukraine. Now that can't be right because didn't they go into 
Uh, didn't they go into Poland to do some negotiations at one point or Belarus to do some negotiations so. at one point? I'm reading this right now. It says it's his first trip outside I mean, the he's Ukraine. Done, he's done a lot on video chat. Yeah, I thought he actually went. I could be, I could be wrong about that. Um, but yeah, it'll. It, it, and by the way, this is 81 years ago uh, on Thursday since uh, Winston Churchill had his uh, had his very historically notable arrival in Washington uh, just days after the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, and that was a Christmas visit at that time, and kind of cemented that alliance between the United States and and Britain that really was impactful in in finally winning World War II as well. So uh, extraordinary security with this. Uh, they wouldn't even confirm these early reports at that point. They just kept saying, you know, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But yeah, they'll have a White House reception for him there. And uh, as I said, he, he will be making a uh, a speech in front of a joint session of Congress. And that'll probably bump up the conversation on exactly what the aid and how much the aid should look like to Ukraine going forward for the United States. Uh, today is also the day amidst all of this, that uh, the January 6th committee will be uh, releasing their full report. Of course, they did have the hearing on Monday. Uh, they went through and uh, made the, the recommendations uh, to the Department of Justice. But now they put out this entire report that is going to be the final record on this whole thing. After thousands of interviews and multiple televised hearings, the January 6th committee is releasing its full findings today. The final report's 150-page summary was made public after a unanimous vote by the committee Monday. It claims former President Trump engaged in a, quote, multi-part conspiracy to overturn the 2020 presidential election. The committee recommended criminal charges to the Justice Department for former President Trump, including aiding an insurrection, obstructing an official proceeding, and conspiracy to make a false statement. Trump, on his Truth Social account, accused the committee of spreading disinformation. In Washington, Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. All right. Um, all right. Getting out of Washington, D.C., uh, I think uh, what is on so many people's mind, not over, not only locally, but really around the country right now, is how is the winter weather impacting their Christmas plans yeah. and their travel plans? And again, not just, obviously, not just Lincoln, not even just this region. It really is a huge chunk of the entire country. A massive winter storm is in motion, bringing snow to the northwestern part of the country Tuesday, already causing delays in cancellations at SeaTac in Washington state. It's bad timing for the nearly 113 million people traveling this week and next week for the holidays, and this storm is just starting. By Wednesday, the snow is expected to reach the Midwest before turning into more of a rain and wind event here in the east. Even if you don't see snow from this storm, the combination of bitter cold temperatures and dangerous wind is potentially life-threatening and already impacting most of the country. Millions are under some type of wind chill alert. Forecasters say it's the storm's sub zero temperatures that will have the most impact all right so yeah there you go nothing you don't already know right now but uh, i know there are people listening who are uh, not only thinking about driving uh, within the state or to bordering states but also thinking about trying to get flights and thinking about what chicago is going to be like what minneapolis is is going to be like what denver is going to be like through this entire thing and other parts of the country as well so hoping all of you get where you're trying to uh to be here over the course of the next few days and do it safely uh and and we we say all of this caleb but technically technically even right now as we speak at 646 on december 21st you know what season we are in this is not a winter storm 
at least as it stands right now. Not yet. This is a fall storm. That's right. It's a fall storm. Well, for a few more hours. Winter solstice, the shortest day of the year and the first official day of winter. It makes a grand entrance this year with up to two feet of snow or more than blizzard conditions. With ferocious winds expected from the plains to the Great Lakes, making for travel nightmares on the roads and airport delays and cancellations. This traveler, one of the lucky ones, booking his flight from Nashville to Edmonton early. Being a delay delayed, let's say a day or so, is a big deal if you're supposed to get home on the 22nd and suddenly it's the 23rd or 24th. So, you know, fingers crossed. The Northern Rockies, Plains and Upper Midwest on the first official day of winter, also preparing for wind chills this week that could plummet to 50 below. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. All right. So the uh, winter solstice actually starts in the Northern Hemisphere at 347 Central Time. So what, that gives you nine hours, nine hours still uh, to plan, you know, plan a hayrack ride, get out to the haunted house, maybe rake some leaves, (laughs) eat as much candy corn as you can, hot apple cider, down a few Oktoberfest beers. You've got plenty of time. You still got nine hours left to get everything out of autumn. Everything that you love, if you missed, if you missed a lot of it during much of the year. So. What time's the football game today? Can can you get game. in one last fall football game? Uh, unfortunately, the only, the only bowl, there's no afternoon bowl game today. That's it's right. just a going to be the first winter game. football we've got. That's true. There you go. First, uh, first winter football of the year. Uh, all right. Let's see. Let's, uh, speaking of flying, speaking of flying, uh, if you're flying in 2023 and you're one of those people that uh, wants to get stuff done on the plane or at least be entertained while you're on the plane but not play a pay a premium for it maybe you think about flying uh flying delta in 2023 Delta Airlines is looking to launch free wireless internet for its passengers as soon as early 2023, according to the Wall Street Journal. Initially, the carrier is expected to offer free Wi-Fi on a significant amount of its planes before turning on the service on more of its fleet throughout the year. Delta is not commenting on its plans, but did say it's in the process of testing Wi-Fi infrastructure with various offerings to select customers on select routes. Its CEO, Ed Bastian, has said for years that he wants in-flight internet to be fast and free, but there have been technical challenges along the way. Hilary Barsky, Fox News. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember when the uh, the in-flight entertainment uh, on on every flight was those little... Do you remember those headphones that you used to get that were basically just like empty tubes and you'd plug them into the seat? Uh, it was like a stethoscope type situation. <laughs> you plug it into the seat and you got nine channels. Uh, one of them was all classical music and, uh, that, that's what I remember. And, and you could pinch it and you could actually stop the sound if you wanted to. It was, uh, it was an odd, things have gone, uh, things have been upgraded since that time. Uh, real quick, this is, uh, it, it seems like a long time away that we're thinking about, uh, the Masters golf tournament, but this is kind of some big news in something that has been controversial in 2020. Um, you know how the PGA Tour has kind of had this split from golfers who have been in the Live Tour, yeah, Caleb, and yeah. separated? Well, the Masters is kind of its own thing, and they're saying, you know what, Live golfers, 
It's okay. You can come back to Augusta, Georgia when the azaleas are blooming. The Masters Tuesday announcing that any golfer who has qualified for the major based on previous criteria will be allowed to take part in the tournament next spring. That includes golfers who have defected to the Live Golf Invitational Series. Tournament Chair Fred Ridley saying in a statement, quote, We have reached a seminal point in the history of our sport. At Augusta National, we have faith that golf, which has overcome many challenges through the years, will endure again, end quote. With the current criteria, 15 live golfers would qualify for the Masters, including past green jacket winners like Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia, and Phil Mickelson. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. That's right. You would have you would have some real big names yeah. who would not be Phil wouldn't be in it, Sergio wouldn't be in it, all of uh, all of those as well. So it uh, looks like that field will still be complete this year, even if the rest of the PGA schedule isn't. And then last but not least. Uh, for uh, those of you who have been around chickens in your life um, through farming or through urban chickening or whatever people call it here, walk around town and I know there's a lot of people who do that. Now, I didn't I didn't know much coming into this morning, to be honest, about the lifespan of chickens. OK, I would have assumed it was low. I would have assumed it was, you know, a, you know, a few, few years, maybe a decade. And I think that is about what it is normally, except except for this one in Michigan. We think, ladies and gentlemen, that we have found the oldest chicken in the world. Marcy Parker Darwin of Waterloo has a pet chicken named Peanut and says Peanut is 20 years old. Darwin believes that makes Peanut the oldest chicken in the world. She's now working with the Guinness organization to have the record verified. A hen named Matilda got into the Guinness Book of World Records as the world's oldest living chicken at 16 back in 2004 and even made it onto The Tonight Show. Guinness World Records has a category for the oldest current living chicken on its website, but the page does not identify a current record holder. Ted Lindner, Fox News. There you go. They're going to get the birth certificate, or <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that works exactly. The hatch uh, certificate. It is. It is interesting. I looked. At, I have this sh- uh, this sheet I pulled up of the lifespan of all of these different animals um, and what it normally is. Did you know horses? I, I, people who grew up on farms and stuff totally know this. I did. Horses use our lifespan is about fifty years of a horse. Wow, cats can is this right? Cats thirty years? I have no idea. I mean, I know dogs well, are like dogs are like ten to fifteen years for the most part. Right. But In, for cats, that's adding up all nine of their lives. Okay? Oh, that's that's true. Let's be right? honest. Here. Right? It's crazy. I always um, let's see what are some of the long ones. An eagle can live live eighty years. Really. Well, I know this one. It says alligator can live 56. I know this because the Lincoln Children's Zoo, they have this alligator or crocodile, whatever mm-hmm. it is that they've got there, and it was born. Every time you see it, you look at the little panel there with the information. It was born the same year I was. Oh, nice. Same year that I, same age that I am. So, All right, 653. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on Lincoln's News and Talk 1499. KLIN. They done it. And now LPD needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. All right, eight degrees in the capital city, six fifty-six. Thinking about everybody, including the uh, police officers that have to work out on the uh, on the streets, be outside, maybe deal with traffic accidents and situations. Forty below. You ready for a forty below wind chill out there? Uh, that doesn't start till tomorrow, correct? Yeah, you get tomorrow off. 
Well, sort of. I go back to my desk job tomorrow. Oh, do you? So Interesting will, timing for that, huh? I, I will ask around how mm. it goes. And have, have I wonder if the rest of the force appreciates that timing? I'm not trying to rub it in at all. <laughs> I bet you're not. <laughs> and have, have I mentioned you're my favorite person in this room? <laughs> no, but okay. it never gets old. It never really gets old. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, what are we talking about with uh, Crime Stoppers this week? Uh, the first one we'll do is no touchy. This no one's touchy. yeah, a little. Disturbing. Disturbing. This is back from November. A teenage girl reported to her dad that a man had approached her and groped her a little bit while she was eating with her friends at the McDonald's oh, on uh, Sun Valley and West O. There's a little bit of video on this. Um, she described him as a male in his 30s with a beard. Dad came in, made a report. Uh, whoever investigated this one did a good job, went out and got the video and, and some pretty decent images. So that one stands a good chance of getting cleared. Okay. Uh, the next one is jetted off in a Jetta. And if you scroll down to the third still picture on the posting oh. for this one, you'll see why I'd like to get this one. Clear. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it says it, it's a derogatory comment of, uh, about police officers on, what is that, a t-shirt? Uh, yeah, it looks like a t-shirt. Oh, it's a little, it looks like a patch on a coat, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Real, yeah. real classy uh, saying there. So. Uh, the suspect here was captured on camera, uh, driving a gold VW Jetta wagon, hits another car in the parking lot at Casey's at 56 and Superior, and then just took off. Okay. So on, on top of having a pretty rude saying on the back of the shirt, they were pretty rude the way they were driving. Yeah. Um, you can see some of the, the damage there that was done and uh, took off in some uh, good pictures there as well. So uh, that was just a couple of weeks ago here. So yep. check out LincolnCrimestoppers.com for those who can help out. What's the best way for them to do it? Uh, you can get a hold of us at 402-475-3600 or leave an anonymous tip online. All right. We are uh, we are uh, off next week. We're doing best of shows. So this is the last time with you for the year. So sleep in. So you can sleep in on Wednesday. Enjoy right. that. And we will see, ba- see you back here in January. All right. Sounds Thank good. you for uh, you and uh, uh, all you do and uh, LPD does for the community. And uh, we always appreciate you guys and looking oh. forward to working together more in 2023. Well, thank you. And I appreciate you guys having us in here every uh, week. Except for Caleb. No, uh, no, even no. Caleb. <laughs> nah, it's okay. You don't have to say <laughs> that. You know what, Caleb? You're my second favorite person. Top two, room. Caleb. Uh, again, bar is very low. Top two. <laughs> Caleb Henry. Top two, not two. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, coming up, it is your final chance. Seeing a final chance in 2022, your final chance to get it off your chest with what chaps your eye to Wednesday. You better get it in there because you're not going to have a chance again this year. The phone lines will be open. The Rickstown Recognition text line. The Facebook page 402-479-1400. So uh, give us a call here next at 7 o'clock. KLI and Lincoln. Home saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. It's time to get it off your chest with What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Call or text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400 to tell us what's chapping your hide. All right, 712, here's your chance. Those little things come up during the day, during the week, especially during the holiday season. And, you know, just, they just poke at you. You start thinking about them, kind of fixate on them. And it starts to impact your day. We don't want that. That's not good. They shouldn't do that, but we also don't deny that they're happening. And so the thing that we do is we uh, let you say it. Just say it out loud. Share it with people. Commiserate a little bit with people, perhaps, and then get it off 
get it out of your mind, get it off your chest, and be able to uh, focus on doing the things you need to be doing to be a healthy, productive member of our community. It is community service at what chapter here on Wednesday, and we want to hear from you right now. Phone lines are open, as I said, the Brickstown Recognition phone line at 402-479-1400. If you'd rather text or go through the Facebook page, facebook.com slash K today, you can do that as well. So we got a lot on the Facebook page, but I want to start with the phone lines today. And our first caller, Debbie, I understand, is uh, make sure her schedule is open for What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday so she can make sure and let us know what's going on. Good morning, Debbie. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen, and Merry Christmas Merry to the Christmas. three of you. Merry Christmas. Yeah, you too. Uh, what yeah, do you got today? My, my biggest hide chapter for the last several weeks continues, which is Yankee Road from 40th to 56th. <laughs> Did not get open like it was supposed to on Friday. So you, guess what? What? You love this one. What's that? You know the excuse? What's that? It. They couldn't get it striped on last Friday because it was too cold <laughs> to stripe it. What did they think this week was going to be? <laughs> Summertime? Yeah. I wouldn't try. I, I just, I wouldn't advise they do it tomorrow then, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. But, you know, all those weeks that road's been sitting there with the trucks driving to that apartment complex they're building, the road's been done. They could have been striping it for the last three months, but they wait to the last uh, day, and then they decided to cope. So uh, yeah, I, Phil on our Facebook page had the same thing. He said started the uh, end date was December 1st, then it was pushed to December 16th. Now it's been pushed to December 30th, uh, as I understand it. So, well, Debbie. Oh, I'll be surprised if then, but that's that's my biggest Hide chapter for the whole year and it just seems to continue. <laughs> Maybe in 2023 you will get your uh, your Yankee Hill Road. And, and, Best of luck. Debbie, that was a great Christmas hat you were wearing yesterday. Oh, thank it's you. Very I stylish. Like to, I like to be festive for the holiday. So. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Debbie. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Hopefully the next time we're, t- we're talking, uh, she is uh, going down Yankee Hill Road. Uh, all right, back to the phones. Uh, Matt is next. Good morning, Matt. What's chapping your hide today? Hey, good morning. So I've done a couple white elephant gift exchanges this week. Yep. And there's always that one person who doesn't understand the rules. <laughs> you know, you, you, you the white elephant gift is supposed to be junk, and they show up with, like, a brand-new car. <laughs> or it's supposed to be something nice, and they show up with something that was in the bottom of their junk store. <laughs> I mean, how hard is it to follow the rules? And it makes it awkward for everyone. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Exactly. It, it, I, there you go. That's my Christmas hijack. Make right sure there. you know Follow the rules. The rules. Yes, know the rules. Thank you, Matt. Have a good one. Isn't there an episode of The Office about that? I is, think is, so. Yeah, it's where uh, <laughs> doesn't uh, they 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 do the white elephant and um, and Michael Scott brings like an iPod when iPods were. <laughs> It ages the show a little bit, but like an iPod Touch, and uh, that was like the huge thing. Everybody else has these crappy gifts for the white elephant. Or there's a $10 price limit on the whole thing. Uh, all right, 402-479-1400. What chaps your hide Wednesday? Why don't we go to the text line now and just uh, knock those out? Because I think we got a couple of those as well uh, in terms of high chappers. We will start with, as soon as I'm getting it pulled up here, uh, with Jeff Not Scott. 
Uh, he says, Valentine's Day cards already out. It's not even January. It's not even Christmas. <laughs> now, normally, people are complaining about the Christmas stuff being out too early. But here, Christmas is actually getting impeded on by the uh, great economic force that is Valentine's Day. <laughs> no, they're just afraid with the cost of cards. You might be out of money by Valentine's I, Day. I remember, <laughs> a, I remember a few years ago. We went to uh, we went to Omaha on New Year's Eve, and we we stayed up in a home uh, uh, in a hotel in Omaha on New Year's Eve, uh, just kind of get away with the family. And I went to the grocery store the next morning on uh, well, maybe it was the night before, just to get some snacks and stuff for the for the night. And they had a display out on New Year's Eve of like Guinness and green hats and <laughs> and all this stuff. I was like, really, St. Patrick's Day? Are you really getting people who are stocking up? For St. Patrick's Day, like uh, ingredients for for corned beef and uh, and cabbage, uh, <laughs> supply chain issues. Man, yeah, I we'll mean, get, don't I mean, we'll, don't won't be long. The fireworks stands will be set up here. Yeah, in the capital city, uh, Mosh Pit Chad. Oh my gosh, this is such a good one. What chaps my hide? Places that have quiet public bathrooms. No one needs to. <laughs> To hear your gut bomb explosion from Taco Tuesday the night before, mix in pa- some Pantera and crank it up to 11. <laughs> 100%. Marsh Pit Chad, I have said this many times on this show, but every public restroom should have loud music playing in it mm-hmm. or loud KLIN playing in it. Whatever, whatever that it is, there should be loud audio in public bathrooms. 100%. And there are actually a few in Lincoln that do this, and they do it really well. Uh, I was in, um, I'll even shout them out since I'm saying a good thing. I think I was at uh, the uh, the fireworks restaurant once on 84th Street. I remember going into their bathroom. They had the music just pumping in there. And I was like, good job. Good on you. What about these public bathrooms that are about 20 degrees below zero? <laughs> is that is that a thing? I oh, didn't know yeah. that was a thing. Yeah, you can run into those. I guess they just don't want you in there very long. That's fine. I mean, I'm not in that. Hopefully, not in there too long. But he's right. Like the one, there are somewhere it feels like every sound is not only very audible, but it's almost amplified just because of the acoustics. I feel like so, some of those they have a microphone yes, that's actually picking so, it up that they're repumping it, is it so in. So bad, like you can hear like every breath, every I mean every, every splash, yeah. every I mean like, every single thing is so weirdly audible in those places. Uh Christian Olathe says I'm doubling down on Mark's chap last week. I can't handle it when someone in front of me in the left turn lane won't get out into the intersection on a flashing yellow arrow. So Mark, yep. you uh, you've got some. Um, there's a lot got of some aliens there. There's there's a lot of them that do that too. All right, let's uh, let's get into the Facebook page because it was busy today. Catherine wants more local news. She says I've noticed that local TV and newspapers seem to be using more and more of their Omaha partner stories. We don't want to hear about Christmas tree light recycling in Omaha. Do a story about Eastridge Elementary's light recycling in Lincoln. We live in Lincoln, so give us Lincoln news. Now, the good news, and there has been a lot of media consolidation, especially in the newspaper biz over the course of the last several years, and that's why that's happening there. MTV. And and, and TV, but those have kind of been, it's especially happening now with the the newspaper thing, but yeah, you're right, it's it's both. Hey, good news here, we don't have a news partner in Omaha, really. (laughs) 
radio-wise. Uh, we've got our, our sister station up there in Omaha, we bring their sports guys on and talk to us, like John Bishop will come on today at 835. Uh, but yeah, we don't have an Omaha branch here, so it's Lincoln News on KLIN. So keep that in mind. Uh, Michael also upset about left turns. He says drivers that can't make a left or right turn without moving three feet into my lane or I can't make a turn. into So I can't make a turn into the correct lane. Yeah, that's that's one that Those we barn door turns. Yep. yep. It's like a hundred and twenty eight dollar fine. If they actually find you, it's called an improper turn. Really? Yep. Be careful for that. Phil mentioned the uh, Yankee Hill uh, issue. Uh, I referenced his Facebook post when uh, Debbie called. Uh, Gary just writes in the comments, have a Merry Christmas. Okay, well, there's no place for that in what chaps your hide Wednesday. (laughs) Uh, Lori says, not opting for a heated steering wheel when we bought our Subaru. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. My wife's car has a heated steering wheel, too. I can't even, I can't even feel anything on it. Do you guys? Re- do yes. people really like those? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can't even tell the difference. I can't. When she, we turn hers on. Maybe I'm doing something wrong, but it's not like I even. I can't even feel it now. No, it is very nice to have the vehicle heating up, but you get the the heated steering wheel, the heated seat. Yeah. Even if I have to turn it off after a couple minutes, because it works almost too well sometimes. The the, the very coldest I always am is the first time in the morning when I'm driving to work. Uh, and so I don't have heated seats in my car, but I'm never in my wife's car. Like when I'm super cold, I'm not driving her car to work. So maybe I would feel different about heated seats if I had them in that scenario. But for me, the heated seats, I do not like how that feels. It feels, uh, uh, you've got to be really cold, really cold for that to feel good because otherwise it really feels to me like I peed my pants. I've never that's, felt like that. That's at all. basically, and it's weird. maybe I didn't have enough experience is, peeing it, my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Try it sometime and sit, compare. I think you'll find. Well, and it's just this unnatural heat. I don't. Yeah, I thought of that too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like those things. Um, I, I like. Look, I'm old fashioned. I like the heat coming out of the dashboard, blasting into my face. That's what I want. Um, all right, Matt says no school when it isn't even forecast to snow till after school gets out and it's supposed to be warmer than the previous day that they had school. Way too many politics in school day decisions. Ooh. Okay. I was I will say this. I was very surprised last night. I was very surprised when I was asked about it, which I always am. My kids think I have some kind of an insight onto what's gonna happen. I was like, guys, they're not canceling school tomorrow. You get that out of your head. They're definitely not, especially with finals. And about two hours later, dead wrong. Dead wrong. Uh, Joyce says below zero temps for the high, but that freezes my hide instead of chapping it. <laughs> it chaps it as well, actually. Uh, yeah, it can. it can. Yeah, we heard the uh, clip. If you uh, yep. we heard the clip in your news there, if you start to have blisters filled with blood, go get medical attention. Yep. All right. Ugh. That it's, sounds terrible. It's as <laughs> significant as a burn. Well, we, they, I've been seeing these charts that show how long you can be outside in the various wind chills that we're going to see before frostbite settles in. Five minutes on some. Five, yeah, we're getting to the range where you can be out there for five minutes and you're going to get it. So I went looking for a ski mask last night. I don't have a, I don't think I have a ski mask. Uh, haven't robbed many places, so I don't have, I generally haven't had a knee and I haven't been No, skiing. they use wolf masks for that. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I couldn't find one in the city of Lincoln. They're out like the gloves. Oh, by the way, the grocery store last night, absolute insanity. 
It wasn't very good uh, yesterday afternoon about uh, 2 o'clock. Probably. And it probably is going to continue into yeah. this this afternoon and this evening. It was insane. <laughs> I was very happy, guys. I was the only person at my grocery store who either knew how or chose to use the uh, Scan and Go app, the the new thing where you don't even have to go through a checkout line. I walked by like lines of 20 people, just went on up there, boop, 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 and uh, turned my thing in, and I did it. Uh, Tom says, Elon Musk, good guy. Elon Musk, bad guy. He's tired of hearing about Elon Musk. Uh, Trent says, people driving with their fog lights on when it is not foggy. Uh, David says the same thing about school. No school today when forecast for warmer temperatures and no significant wind or snow until evening. I guess, Mark, it had to do with the, the freezing rain, maybe possibility yeah, this and, afternoon. And the wind, wind chills early this morning. You know, okay, we're, we're they, still. Both. Well, they're right. It was the same yesterday, though. It was that's, colder that, wind chills true. yesterday. That, that's true. But I think it's the forecast for the <laughs> slick karen says i have to drive to work the rest of the week my kids get to stay home <laughs> a lot of people bitter about the kids uh patrick says going 30 on a in a 45 on a clear sunny day and then peter says running four miles a day and walking over twenty thousand steps a day with painful bunionettes most likely caused by the aforementioned well actually that's my fault i shouldn't complain there you go now we'll allow it peter goes full away. circle blaming himself for what's chapping his side that's a lot of steps, though, Peter. You are very in shape, man. See, that's that's therapy. Yeah. We help see. you identify yep. where the real issue and, and is. And Will just added in there. What's that? FBI censorship of social media. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go down that rabbit hole for the last eight seconds of what chapter your eye Wednesday. All right. We're going to take a break. It's 725. It's LNK today. Yeah. Uh, I don't have this in the morning drive, but uh, just a little bit of sports news here, Caleb, that I, I guess I'll break instead of you here. But yeah, um, it is it is signing day. But there was one signing that we weren't necessarily expecting to happen today of a, a local kid uh, that a lot of people have been following a lot in Malachi Coleman from Lincoln East. Yeah, he was expected to wait until the what's the normal, the regular signing date in February and then just said he's going to be making that announcement at 1045 this morning. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what that means. Hopefully uh, it means he's going to reaffirm his commitment to Nebraska by signing there, but obviously opening things back up after after the change in head coaches. And uh, we'll see what happens with that. But, yeah, a little. sometimes you get a little bit of drama, a little unexpected stuff on these signing days. Yeah. It looks like we've, we've got that today for Nebraska football. All right, with that said, let's get on with the morning drive. Number, number five. Fall Storm Elliot will soon be Winter Storm Elliot. Wait, it has a name? Is this the yeah. Weather Channel name? Uh, I don't know who named this. Oh, they do the name for the storms. Those are so, Elliot. Those are so doofy. Elliot, which was also the name in uh, of uh, the e. dragon in Pete's Dragon. Oh, I was thinking it was the name in uh, E.T., right? That's right. E. That's yeah. right. So, But anyway, Elliot uh, expected to bring us a little freezing drizzle, possibly by a midday today, some light snow this morning. Uh, but the main part of the storm, uh, they've ratcheted down the amount of snow they're expecting for us here in the Lincoln area. Two to four is the latest. Uh, but the uh, cold temperatures, high winds, dangerous wind chills, all forecast uh, primarily overnight. But then the wind chills continue through until Saturday. 
So what we have is a winter storm warning that goes into effect at noon today, goes through Friday at 7 p.m. A wind chill warning, midnight tonight through Saturday noon. Those okay. are, and, and we've already got closures. Uh, Lincoln Catholic Schools closed, LPS closed today. I just saw Malcolm closed as well. So uh, we've got the closings list, of course, at KLIM. Mark, with, you've done um, you've done a lot of work kind of just following what the National Weather S- Service has said day by day in this. Why do you think that, the, especially like LPS, why they made the decision to close today? I can, or, o- I can only guess that it's because of this freezing drizzle possibility This uh, as we approach midday. And they're saying from a hundredth of an inch to a tenth of an inch of ice possible before it changes all over to snow late this afternoon or early this evening that's that's the only thing i can possibly guess okay all right Um, i I was kind of shocked by it to be real yeah i i honestly did not expect it either and i thought they would be very hesitant to do it just because it would require rescheduling finals which they're going to do for high school students they're gonna get a couple more weeks to study so that may be a blessing for some and may not be a blessing for others depending on on their situation uh but yeah nonetheless and then just back in terms of the weather um we're gonna bottom out we were talking about this earlier we're gonna bottom out in terms of temperature and wind chill probably tomorrow during the show 24 hours about from right now uh is when you'll bottom out it'll get i mean it'll it'll be very cold very windy really for the entirety of that two-day period uh but the very worst of it will be tomorrow morning at this time and that will be right after the snow has probably fallen and and uh wrapped up um as you said they did kind of mitigate those snow totals a little bit a couple of days for, ago for our area for our area but yeah further east into iowa uh then up into minnesota wisconsin even northern illinois they're still expecting a lot of snow with the wind and the cold so but yes, for us, little, and and again, but how do you measure? But, but how how big a deal is two three inches versus you know five six inches given given oh, the wind and that absolutely. that situation? It's going to be not an altogether all that much of a different situation just given what the uh, what the issues are going to be specifically. Um, and and you said those like the wind chill goes until the wind chill warning goes until Christmas Eve. Uh, by the time you get to actual Christmas Day. That should be a fairly typical, you know, fairly a, a little bit under under normal temperatures, but not all that different than what we've been seeing here for the right. last few days in terms of uh, the situation. So Christmas Day itself won't be that bad. It'll kind of be wrapped up by by late Christmas Eve with this yeah. whole thing. And, and but wind- unfortunately, I, everybody's traveling before that for the most yeah. part. And but the winds will finally die down by Saturday, yes. and, and that will help tremendously. Uh, but if you're going to be out and about, you know, if you're going to be traveling at all in this, you know, road conditions are going to get really bad overnight. Probably stay pretty tough tomorrow. But if you get caught out in one of these, it's not going to be a, a good thing. Yeah, no, be absolutely be be careful with uh, with all of those things, and and then you know, going in in really any direction, but particularly to the east, if you're traveling by car to the east in the next couple of days, that's going to be very treacherous and and uh, even more treacherous in that direction than it'll be here. Now, the good news is, Mark, uh, <clears throat> in addition to Christmas Day not being all that bad, uh, you're going to be back at, at or above freezing with sunny skies on Monday. So you're going to get some melting going on right away here at the beginning of next week. And heck, by middle end of next week, you're going to be in the 40s, um, maybe with some sunshine, maybe not. But this, it, 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 I mean, yeah, maybe you get three inches, but 
there's the 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 sun and the 30 40 degree temperature is going to do a lot of work in melting yep. this stuff this this is not going to be a situation it doesn't look like where you got the ice caked on the residential streets for a three-week period which not, is the worst yeah, when that happens. not unless you've got some very deep drifts which are possible they they may stay with us uh, through those 40 degree days but you know get your get your streets plowed out and that that should improve a lot Caleb, don't tweet during this segment. Why? Because I, <laughs> I know just, I know you're talking. Caleb snowball. just out of context qu- quoted me on Twitter. <laughs> Is two to three inches that big a difference than five to six inches? Come on, Caleb. <laughs> it's what you said. I, would, I just some context would have helped. I think <laughs> is all I'm saying. Number four. Uh. You've knocked Mark out for number four again. <laughs> Ronnie Green announced his retirement. UNL Chancellor been here. What about five, six years? We've had we had. Oh, it's more than that. But what do numbers matter to you? What does context matter? He's to been you? Chancellor since 2016. Thank you, thank you. Mark. <laughs> that's about that's about five, six years. Uh, yeah, might be so. more than two You're or right. three. Fine, fine. 2016. Um, but we had him on a couple of times during 2020. We did. We did, yeah. We'll always remember when Ronnie Green here on uh, KLIN broke the news that there may be reconsideration of the Big Ten playing football in uh, 2020. Uh, the line now lives in uh, in history. Uh, might that be reconsidered? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Uh, no, I think I, uh, I've got nothing but good things to say about um, about about Ronnie Green, uh, his his wife Jane, their leadership there at uh, at the university. Um, and they're ready to move on, it sounds like, and, and take on some other things in, in their life right now. But uh, I think he's done a solid job with the university, and he's going to have big shoes to fill as Ted Carter and I'm sure a search firm and a selection committee are going to start going through during second semester. And uh, whether it's by the end of the semester or sometime in the late winter, early spring, they'll be having a replacement here. Yeah. Are so, his feet really that big? I, uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, you wow. Big I'm not going down that road at all. Uh, so anyway, yes, he will. Uh, he will be moving on. Yes. By the way, even the Governor Ricketts uh, was complimentary to him, even though they've had kind of a he, a strained. Well, I think he wished him well for the future. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's the same thing as being complimentary. But our friends out in Kearney were trying to make they they were a little bit disappointed after that announcement because they wanted to have the biggest announcement within the university system yesterday because at UNK they hired a football coach. Oh, they got overshadowed by the chancellor news at UNL. Minutes later, <laughs> oh, we got to time these things better. Got to time these things. Better. Oh, what's a few minutes? Number what three. you know? It's five six minutes. I mean, who knows? <laughs> Nebraska's only casino generated almost $2 million in tax revenue for the state in 10 weeks of operation. Warhorse racked up $1,950,406 for the state, county, and city since opening in Jeez. September, according to the Nebraska Racing Commission and uh, reported out by Channel 8. That's kind of cr- I mean, I, listen, these aren't numbers that are out of line with what you know we know casinos can generate and have generated in other states, but just thinking about it, Mark... Ten weeks at that little place that they have set up now, right there. Yeah, and two million dollars in tax revenue. That's a lot. I mean, that's yes. a lot in a short amount of time in a small gambling outfit. Yeah, you don't basically. even have the fully fledged operation going yet. No, just I mean, just think how much revenue we have not taken in tax wise 
all these years compared right. to our neighbors right. to the east, the south, the north, and the west. Yeah, I mean, th- those are the most frustrating ones where, uh, and, and, and listen, I am not minimizing the the ills that are associated with gambling and and the the problems that go along with it. In fact, I uh, I, I voted against it on, on the ballot. I'll, I'll even say that. But um, the, the ones that were frustrating to me is when it was happening in other states anyway, and Nebraska just wasn't getting in on any of that. That was, to me, the... The most frustrating thing that was still happening here at this point. In fact, I thought they should have really targeted just that part of it. But nonetheless, what are they going to? It makes me wonder, guys. Fast forward, I don't know, two and a half years or so, when you've got one set up in Omaha, in Grand Island, mm-hmm. um, and Columbus is going to have one as well. All fully fledged, all open, all nicer to go to than um, you know um, the newer, nicer situations than they've got right now. What kind of money are we going to be talking about in one month, eight eight week, ten week periods with this whole yeah. thing? And and do any rules change over the next two three years? And what what if and when they add sports gambling to this mm-hmm. as well? Because there's a lot of people that would that would probably only be interested in that that aren't that probably aren't going now and playing slots. Yeah, um, yeah. So let's hope we can. Let, let's just say this. I hope we can all feel. If we are taking the risk, you know, and and we are making some sacrifices uh, in terms of the ills that come along with gambling, let's hope we can all feel the impact of this tax revenue, that everybody can actually feel it. That is, it's not a just in theory type thing, whether it's impact on property taxes, whether it's impact on on the the local tax base uh, and all of those sorts of things. Let's hope that some we can, by two and a half years from now, we're like, yeah, things are definitely different in a good way um, because of the tax Amenities, money. quality of life, what can that money go to, yep. those types of things. Number two. Nebraska picked up a much-needed win against Queens University yesterday. Nebraska jumped in the Royals early at a 13-3 run to start with five Huskers scoring on that run. It was nice, guys, to see Nebraska basketball. This is a game... Historically, uh, over the years with Nebraska basketball, even with some of their good teams, where it's during the the holiday break for the university, it's a crowd. Last night was not a very raucous or a large crowd. You didn't have most of the students there because they're on break. And historically, you can go through all the teams that have upset Nebraska in this in this situation or something close to this situation. Incarnate Word, Samford, Southern Utah, Maryland, Baltimore County. Uh, Bethune Cookman, I believe. There's just been a lot yeah. of them. There have been a lot of them over the years where Nebraska dropped a game like this, and then at the end of the year, you look back at the schedule and the resume, and you say, "God, that was a killer to lose to lose those games." And and Queens was probably better than than all of those teams that I just mentioned in those years. Mm-hmm. Queens is actually the best by game. I mean, their their Ken Palm ranking was kind of. It was like what Minnesota's would be, who's yeah. the worst team in the Big Ten right now. So um, the fact they were able to pull it out, it looks like they got ahead big early. I kind of had an eye on it while I was doing other things. Got ahead early. Tominaga was hitting threes again. Greasel looks like he's back to 100%, which I question whether they, he even yeah, was last time that. out. Um, and they looked good last night. They so the team is 7-6 and six now, and that includes the two conference losses. They get through the non-con 7-4. and four. Which you would absolutely would have taken if you were offered that at the beginning of the season. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And that was a team that was still finding themselves early on. They went one and two at the ESPN events invitational. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the loss to St. John's. They, you haven't really had like a bad loss 
yeah. right now, and you're a game over 500. No, no, you haven't had a bad. You, you, I mean, Memphis, Oklahoma, those are all those are all solid. Kansas State, Kansas State looks. They looked good. They looked like the best team Nebraska's played so far. Um, and so now, yeah. So now the goal is right. Go. I mean, baby steps, but try and go, hang around 500 mm-hmm. in the league at this point. And you're talking legitimately about postseason play, and you know, get a little bit over 500. And if the Big Ten's strong this year, who knows what happens. But I think that's kind of where you're at. You got two of your hardest games out of the way already in the Big Ten, and uh, the Hawkeyes are coming in between Christmas and New Year's. Now, real quick, the students aren't going to be there for that one either. Right. I'm, I'm talking to you, Lincoln. I'm talking to you, kids who are off school, who are who are younger than college students. People, we need a we need a big home field atmosphere there against the Hawkeyes. So get your tickets, get in there, make that like you did for Purdue. Uh, even though you're not going to have a normal student How's this section for you? there. 18 games left on the schedule, and if you want to be 500 in the Big Ten, you got to go 10 and 8 over those. That would make you 17 and 14 for the year. That's absolutely NIT. 100% and NIT. And add another couple of wins in the conference tournament. You, who you, knows? You, who knows? You grab a win or two in the conference tournament, you're bubble. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially depending on what some of those wins turn into. Creighton, win some dang games. Come on, Creighton. <laughs> Never thought I'd say that. Number one. Advent calendars, a little crazy. For many Americans, unveiling a new treat from their advent calendar every day until Christmas sparks joy. Traditionally, the treat's small, straightforward. Sort of like, you know, the rules for white elephant gifts yeah we used to just put little ornaments on a tree i didn't even get a treat it was just putting the ornaments on a on an advent tree we did quite a makeover this year there's a make a advent calendar for beef jerky crystals nail polish socks and marijuana uh dior though has been trashed for its three thousand dollar advent calendar (laughs) they've got like sample size soap perfumes a candle lid (laughs) Oh god! They have the wine ones that they always show in the that they're always at like the grocery store. I'm like, who does that? The wine advent calendar? Oh, maybe it's good. Maybe it's a nice little treat at the end of the day every year. So, all right, there you go. Yeah, that's definitely changed since my childhood. Seven fifty seven. We'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 810 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you uh, with us. The calm before the storm. Uh, Mayor Larry and Gaylor Baird joins us right now, uh, and uh, I'm sure uh, a lot of people over that uh, at various city offices uh, getting getting prepared, thinking about um, the issues that might come up with this uh, storm, the roads, and beyond. And uh, she joins us right now to talk a little bit about that situation and more. Mayor, good morning. How you doing today? Good morning. Doing all right. How are you? Nothing like uh, a uh, a nice, uh, uncontrollable weather situation to uh, to keep everybody busy right before the holiday, huh? 
Yeah, we like to keep doing unprecedented things. Yeah. <laughs> As you mentioned, uh, yeah, folks are all hands are on deck here at City Hall getting ready. Yeah. Why don't you, I mean, obviously I know the, you know, kind of the, the, the roads is one of the things we'll talk about and we, we will talk about, but, uh, when something like this comes up, uh, what all, what all is kind of, uh, in your mind and in the thoughts of, of the mind of the city, uh, with, with something quite as significant as what they say this is going to be for the next few days? Well, you know, it's just making sure we've got everything ready to go and ready to deploy immediately as as the weather hits. And so we're monitoring the weather. Our crews are ready. We've been making sure our fleet and equipment is in good shape and that we've got people to call upon. Our, you know, we have a lot of private contractors who assist us in our snow fighting operations. And then coordinating a, across different departments because while this is, like you said, we focus very much on the streets, we also want to make sure that we're coordinating with our emergency responders and that everyone is teaming up to provide information in a coordinated way to the public. I can't imagine, and I don't know, you know, how much you know plowing will necessarily be necessary. Hopefully, this is a small amount of snow. Although I think the blowing is going to be the issue. It's not may not be one of those situations where you have six inches and you've got to plow all the the neighborhoods or something like that. But I would also think it probably isn't the easiest time of the year to you know make sure you've got man and woman power to uh, to do that kind of work that that goes along, whether it's with contractors or city employees on these things. Well, sure. I mean. It, uh, <laughs> We're getting a, a white Christmas, maybe not quite the white Christmas we wanted yeah. uh, with, with the, severe, the severity of this storm. But, but, you know, we have really dedicated professionals here at the city and county, and public safety is our number one priority. People know who do this work that it can happen at any time. And, and so we're all watching and getting ready. And, um, and, you know, we've already got salt down on the streets in preparation for Monday storms. So we have a little bit of a head start on, in that regard. Uh, but, you know, this is... This is a big one. This is a triple threat with, you know, the, just the just the severity of the cold, the the wind, and the potential for a decent snowfall today. So, uh, so we're gearing up. Has there been any? Has there, uh, there were a couple of days where I I didn't notice at least, and, and maybe I was wrong, but I didn't notice pre-treatment when I, I thought in other years there might have been. Have there have been any that you are aware of any changes in that policy or uh, or with with kind of the way that things have gone earlier this year, or is it is sort of the the same way that it's generally been in terms of that strategy? Well, we've been revising our winter operations, you know, on a continuous basis to continuously improve our response, and we're constantly monitoring weather conditions, even even down to the temperature of pavement as we factor in how we treat the streets. Um, so, no, no significant changes this week, but we have been, of course, building the snow fighting force over the past few years and and making changes to our policies so that we can treat the streets and clear them faster in the event of severe snow i think i did see one of those new uh new trucks out uh, a couple of weeks ago Super uh, combo. i think i think i don't know for sure no but it looked like what was described uh no. and that thing was a beast so they are uh, hopefully they'll be very effective here uh, over the course of the next couple of days yeah because of the way they plow because of the kind of wing blades that they have they can help us clear the arterial roads we we believe up to two hours faster than we could have in the past before we had these vehicles in place so we're very pleased to have those super combo snow plows in our fleet uh, and and as we gear up for this particular storm and so i po- I, I suppose here as we get into the ne- you know the next couple of days y- you and 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 the staff uh, need to be sort of on guard the p- people should be watching potential i don't know if it'll happen or not but for parking bans and and those sorts of things so vehicles can get where they need to be 
Absolutely. We will be putting out information about that parking ban you know, because that is what helps us clear more snow from the streets. It helps people be able to get out and about when it's safe to do so. So we really do appreciate and hope that people can uh, look for news updates. You can go to lincoln.ne.gov slash snow and find you know up-to-date information not only about the parking, but also like where our snow plows are, and there are ways to um, you know be in contact with LTU if if need be. Yeah, snow plow tracker. Oh, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever done. I don't know if I've ever looked at this. So I can track where the snow plow is out during during the actual storm, huh? Okay, yeah. during major winter operations, will be up. That'll be interesting to follow. Um, all right, let let's talk about another sort of an unfortunate um, impact of of the season. Um, and I, I know flu season has been one. Um, uh, that's that's kind of hit particularly early and particularly hard around the country. Um, what do we know, especially with with not only flu but RSV and, and COVID still hanging on as well? Uh, what are you hearing uh, in terms of of hospital capacity, uh, and what does that kind of dictate about the situation here over the course of the next couple of weeks? Yeah, well, I mean, I think we heard from the wonderful and dedicated professionals at our hospitals themselves when they said, look, we are really packed and we need help from the public. And they're packed because we do have like the, another triple threat, right? We've got people with high numbers of flu, got the RSV, and then, of course, COVID is still with us. So at this point, um, let's support our dedicated hospital staff and our medical community by washing our hands and, you know, if you're sick, keeping your distance from other folks, staying home from work if you're sick. We know those steps. We've had plenty of opportunities to practice them. This is another time to be very thoughtful about helping to prevent the spread of disease and to help our loved ones and our community stay healthy. Uh, I wanted to get an update. I know we're kind of in the middle of the uh, the, the city on the move uh, initiative. Um, I think kind of kind of smack dab in in the middle of this whole thing. And uh, I know um, the your office or the city put out some kind of updates on where we are, what happened last year, and what's going to happen in the future. This has to do with street improvements largely. Um, is it is it on track with what the hope was with the kind of money that was available through this program? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So the Lincoln on the Move Streets initiative is it's like halftime basically. We have the six year initiative thanks to voters who supported this investment and um we are really pleased. We you know, our when it comes to the quality of our streets we're now getting recognition as like the sixth best city to drive in out of 100 cities. And we know that's important because it's helping to support our economy and public safety and, of course, our neighbors, neighborhoods. But um, because we're halfway through, we can demonstrate uh, really significant progress. About $42 million has been invested in 40 different street improvements and new projects. That's both repairing and rehabilitating the existing street network and helping to grow and build new streets. Um, and to put that in context, you know, we have a regular street budget for the city, um, but the Lincoln on the Move initiative has helped us invest over 20% more into streets in each year that we've had it available to us. So three years, we've been able to invest over 20% more in the streets. And for another three years, we expect that. So this has been a significant bolster to our efforts 
to take care of our streets. I, re- I remember when this was up and being discussed on the ballot, there were some people who were, uh, who were uh, you know, I think rightfully so. They were saying, hey, we need to make sure that uh, that this money is used at least in large part to deal with existing streets that are in disrepair and not necessarily only for new growth. Um, I looked at some of the new program tracking that you that the city put out. Looks like about 75 percent, I think you alluded to this, about 75 percent uh, on existing streets. Is that is that kind of proportion going to be uh, something that's a characteristics of, of the supposed second half of, of this program as well? Is that kind of where you expect that to stay roughly? Yes, because that's actually a part of the, the ballot, you know, the ballot initiative. Mm-hmm. So that's what voters voted to support and that's what we're going to deliver on. And, and that does help us strike a balance between taking care of the streets that we all, you know, live on today. And then, but it also helps facilitate having, having a, a good percentage of this also devoted to, Building out new streets helps us grow the community and, and our economy. So it's it's a balance. By the way, speaking of, of tax dollars, we were just we were just talking earlier on the show. They had another report on uh, what the now that there's gambling in the state, um, kind of the impacts on on the tax dollars, and and a bunch of that goes to the state property tax relief fund, the the general fund gambling assistance, but a chunk of it does go to the city of Lincoln. And um, I believe uh, last month, you know, it, it's a hundred thousand bucks last month in the city of Lincoln in tax revenue, and and I, that'll obviously vary month to month, week to week, year to year. But how much? of an impact will will that type of money now that you're starting to get an idea of what it is uh will that uh, kind of have on budgeting going forward and, and where do you think it'll be most impactful well our finance director is closely monitoring that for the very kind of reasons you're asking the question mm-hmm. uh, we do receive already and have for years funds from Kino and mm-hmm. Kino helps support parks and trails and library and human services and that's been an important revenue stream. So we one of the one of the things that we are analyzing and our finance team is looking at is does the casino revenue in any way uh, take away from Kino revenue? Like what what is the impact on existing gambling revenue streams? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're we're working through monitoring how much we think we can actually project we'll receive. Uh, but obviously, we're, we're excited to have new support for important city services that our public wants and needs. Yeah, 100,000. By the way, uh, we just had $2 million for all of the, uh, in just that was it just since September, uh, for all of the entities that are in here. So, yeah. And I know people are, you know, people may not agree, agree, disagree on on whether gambling's the the right thing to do. But man, it's a pretty significant chunk of money that it's going to a whole bunch of entities with that uh all right hey uh mayor i am i'm out of time as well um i i i'll, I'll reiterate to people too once again as as the mayor mentioned here uh just a while ago that if you want to check out what's that website again uh lincoln.ne.gov slash is it just snow or what was that exactly yes, no and you can put snow in the search bar and okay. you will find a a page devoted to our city of Lincoln winter operations. And okay. that's where you can look for, you know, information about parking bans, about where the snow plows are and what you can do to keep your family safe. All right. Yep. Uh, keep, keep a look at that. Could be something that is uh, very important and valuable over the course of probably the next two or three days. Uh, Mayor, thanks for your time. Uh, not only today, this year, uh, Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and uh, we will check back in with you in, uh, in January of 2023. All right. Okay. Merry Christmas and happy new year to you and your listeners. Thanks, there you Jeff. go. Mayor Illyrian Gaylor We'll take a break. Caleb's got to check sports. We've got some sort of developing news here with Nebraska Signing Day. 
uh, he'll tell us about, including some more signees coming in. Nebraska basketball on the court last night. Got the women coming up as well. We'll delve into all of that right after this. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Got an opinion on the Luskers game? Fire off with a voice message in the free KLIN app. He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska airwaves for nearly three decades. It's old-timers day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. Yes, it's time to talk to uh, Mr. Bishop on this uh, early signing day, 2022-2023. And uh, we'll get to that here in a moment, but uh, more importantly... Let's hear uh, how Mr. Bishop is getting ready for the storm of the century. Uh, ready to go, Bishop, for uh, for the uh, forty below wind chills. What do you got? What do you got planned? What are you are we changing up your routine? Are you working from home? What are we doing here? Well, uh, actually, I'm going to be stuck in Omaha for a couple of days. Oh, really? Oh, we got basketball. Well, Creighton, Creighton plays tomorrow. As far as I know, the game is still on. Uh, so I am actually staying in Omaha tonight and tomorrow night. Oh, a little vacation for you there. Yeah, yeah, a little... vacation. <laughs> That's nice. You go out walk by or... myself. And, oh, yeah, go you around. Go walk. walk around the Maybe old market, you know? <laughs> check out the new Leahy Mall. Oh, it'll be fantastic. How about a walk over there won't the... be any crowds. A walk over the Bob Carey Bridge would be beautiful, I would think. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that would, you know, you talk about your radio stunts, and, you know, you watch Jim Cantori and everybody yeah. outside in the hurricane. That would be a stunt. Yeah. The... Stand right on the middle of that bridge during the peak of this snowstorm. Right. Facing north. Yes. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I don't think at this point it probably doesn't even matter which no. way you face. Either way, you're you're in big trouble. Uh, we had, uh, I, I remembered uh, one of our old, speaking of radio stunts, uh, you remember, now I don't know what the temperature was when we did this, but do you remember when we decided to try and make popsicles out of every possible beverage we could think of? Yeah, uh, on one of those very cold days. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. yeah, I think we had hot chocolate, coffee, pop. Uh, I think we might have had a beer. <laughs> I think we yeah, had. Yeah, we probably had a beer, probably had some orange juice. Orange juice. And uh, I don't know. I think I may. I don't know. I think I might bring the ice cube tray, and we may have to uh, We may have to try and bring that one back tomorrow because uh, the peak cold weather is going to hit at about 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Yeah. Uh, no, and, that's a good idea. Get some chocolate milk. I'm trying. The chocolate milk, as I recall, was the best one. Oh, absolutely. If you're looking for a fun activity it, with your family. It's the closest thing to a fudgesicle. Yeah. That was oddly good. The coffee was not so good. The beer, as I recall, I don't think that did the beer ever totally freeze? I can't um, remember now. I don't remember, but it probably I, I get it wasn't good. I mean, no one likes ice in their beer. Yeah. No, that wasn't that wasn't too good either. No, I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that back. So if there are any suggestions I might you know, I have my diet Mountain Dew every morning. I think that would be pretty good, I would think. Uh, a little diet I Mountain Dew sickle. I think you'd have uh, Pop doesn't freeze necessarily the best unless, you know, because the, the secret to like the icy or the, the slurpy, you know, when you get the Coke one, which was always my favorite, was yeah. they would still infuse it with the carbonation. Somehow they were able to 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 get it to where you could freeze it into a slush, but yet it still had a little bit of the right. sting of the carbonation. And I think it was something in the process. But if you just take a straight can of Coke and you try to freeze it, it, yeah, it just loses. I remember when McDonald's really marketed the heck out of those Coke slushes. They were good. You remember that? Oh, I, I'm a huge mark for those. Yeah. I, mean, I used to, 
it was the only thing I would look forward to if we would stop at a Seven Eleven. It was I had to get a Coke Slurpee. It yeah. was the best. We uh, I, I loved those. They they used to. I remember uh, back when the summer when I was in high school, I uh, worked I worked as kind of a fill in employee for my friends at a lawn mowing business, and when we would be mowing on the the south part of town. The uh, the U stop at uh, Old Highway Two, Nebraska Parkway, and Fifty Sixth Street. Fifty Sixth Street. They had a machine that did Mountain Dew slushies. Oh yeah, uh, and they were they were delightful on a hot day. They were very good. So. The only problem with those is when you get to the end and yes. then the straw you start it starts drilling through and and you can't get anything else because it's not like. It's not like a, a liquid where it's constantly filling in empty space. So once you got mm-hmm. to the last like third of the Slurpee or the slush or whatever, y- you would just hit the bottom and then it was just that, that slurping sound. And so you had to constantly, it was like you were drilling for oil. You had right. to pull the straw out yes. and find a, find a spot and then go in and then you hit the bottom and you pull it out and it's just constant. I'm going to add eggnog to the list this year. I don't. Th- I don't think we were. It was in January, February. Did it? So we didn't have eggnog on the list. So that might. You be sure, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's probably got a good potential. Again, I think the thickness and the creaminess of it will will allow well, it to. Yeah. You know. Now I'm not a huge eggnog person, but for those who do, I it it probably has potential. All right. All right. So there you go. Uh, yeah. We if you and your family decide to try and partake in this and find out what the bever- best beverages to flash freeze are, just get some toothpicks. Get some toothpicks, get a, get an ice tray, get your favorite beverages. It took us, I think it took us less than an, less than an hour easily to get all of them frozen pretty hard. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. And I'm assuming you're going to stick it outside the north door. So yeah. you'll be, <laughs> the, the well, wind. actually, no, no, that's the south door. That's the south. Yeah. The south but door. it doesn't matter. If the, uh, I'm just worried that the wind is going to blow the thing over, uh, would be the only issue with this, uh, with this whole thing. Yeah. Um, all right. So Thank Nebraska, Nebraska's, uh, uh, letter of intent day is, is happening. And of course, we're, they've got the live broadcast going on at the uh, network on online right now and you're seeing the graphics and those sorts of things come in but i guess i'm more interested from you as somebody who's been following this pretty closely uh over the course of the last two weeks uh and i heard you and josh talking about this yesterday on your show now that you've got a kind of chance to see matt rule and who he's recruiting and how he's recruiting how he's uh, he and his staff are handling handling the transfer portal how is that sort of I don't know if change is a word, but like impacted what you think about him as a coach, what that's going to look like, and 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 I guess just how optimistic you are about the whole thing. Well, I was pretty high on the hire in the first place. I I, I can't I don't want to get too far into it and say, well, yeah, my my attitudes you know improved greatly. I just think it's if anything else, it's kind of reinforced what I initially believed. I'm encouraged uh, that. There, there does appear to be the emphasis, and this, this may be swimming upstream a little bit based on the, um, the trends in college sports with the transfer portal and high turnover rate. But, you know, the, the, the really leaning into, you know, going out and finding great athletes with great measurables and then developing them into players. And that's not, that's not in lieu of not trying to go out and get, you know, more quote unquote high star caliber players. They're working on it, but I think we, we need to be always be cautious. The transition class is always the most volatile because there's been very little time to develop that relationship that is necessary in most successful recruiting classes. You know, most of the time, you know, these kids that have been recruited and you're seeing signing today, 
have been in the process for several months and the team that they're signing with, they probably had, you know, direct and indirect communication for heck for some of them, two or three years, but for most of them, at least a year to 18 months. And with this group and, and this coaching staff, we're talking about 24 days for the most part. Now there, there might be a few guys who, you know, for example, that Tony white was in on at Syracuse that now maybe he's working on to come to Nebraska. So there's still that, that potential out there, but um, I, I like I like that he is going after these projects, and I think that's probably that's a that's the way he has typically operated, and B I think that's probably gives you a better chance for success with a transition class because if you know if if you're if you're going after players who haven't really been you know recruited at a high level, and then all of a sudden Nebraska swoops in, you know maybe there's an opportunity there. For those guys to stick it out, I'm just in the process right now, as you as I called to um, go through the, the 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 turnover rate of the last three recruiting classes, and it's going to be very high. I mean, the, there's a very good chance that the you know for Nebraska and for every school that more than fifty percent of this recruiting class is going to be gone in two years because they're going to transfer out or they're going to retire or whatever the case may be. So I I, I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to lean too much into this class individually, but just the pattern and what I've seen and what Matt Rule appears to be doing. And it, it looks like he is going to go, you know, almost by the letter of the blueprint that worked for him at Temple and the blueprint that worked for him at Baylor, which again leans into the notion that, you know, Matt Rule is going to be a, be a developer and he's going to, you know, bring people up and he's going to grow them into great football players. And, you know, that was that's what was promised. And uh, at least it appears in the moment that's where he's trying to deliver. Yeah, Uh, it's it's been interesting to me and and to kind of sort of figure out, okay, what's what's the blueprint of the type of guy that he's getting? What's that going to mean about how the offense defense looks? And and the biggest thing that stood out to me just in terms of patterns is the way that he's gone. And it's not like I've cracked any code. This is very obvious, but that he's gone for these these track speed type guys, you know, going in on 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 Jalen Lloyd, his initial recruit was a guy who's a sprinter from texas you know you know staying on malachi coleman is going to be announcing it at 10 30 this morning and then looking at quarterbacks in the transfer portal who also i mean you look at the the film from the guy from georgia tech and this guy from arkansas who may or may not be upending a quarterback but they looked like uh you know the the old school like running quarterbacks at nebraska what does what do those two things particularly indicate to you about what this offense is probably going to look like going forward or is or can you read too much from that little bit uh i mean i think we had a pretty good idea that you know and rule said as much and that's honestly that's more what i'm looking forward today when he speaks at 2 30 than about talking about the recruiting classes you know just the 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 formulation of how things are going to look not that i expect we're going to get you know in-depth answers but one of the things that rule talked about was hey he wants to run the ball and and he wants to play good defense because that's that's what's worked for him in the past. I, I mean, I think, you know, we're going to see a little more emphasis on the running quarterback, not, not, you know, leaning all the way in, but I think we're going to see a little more emphasis into the running quarterback. You see that with the numbers of Jeff Sims, the, the transfer from Georgia Tech, but with, you know, the news that Casey Thompson is coming back, you know, we saw that, you know, Casey can run. 
Uh, I mean, he's right. not a he's not a statue back there. He, he's just not a he's not an Eric Crouch type who's you know going to be the second leading rusher on the team. And I don't know if necessarily um, that's going to be the goal here with this offense is to necessarily have the quarterback being the second leading rusher on the team. But the quarterback is going to be a threat in the run game, and 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 I think there's going to be an emphasis on you know getting some explosive receivers on the edge. Um, and, and maybe, you know, work for a little bit of a, you know, a quick game passing game, but then the ability, because you're emphasizing the run game of play action pass and, and then you can hit, uh, guys down the field in many ways, it could end up being, and I don't mean to say this to get people excited, but in many ways it could be, um, you know, what the offense may have eventually become. Back in the glory days, you know, Tom Osborne's offense always evolved. You know, it was never the same. Go back and watch, you know, tape from the early 80s and then fast forward about seven or eight years and then right. fast forward another seven or eight years. There's, there's, there's differences. There's noticeable differences. And I think the Osborne offense would have eventually evolved into something that resembles today's modern spread with more of an emphasis on the run similar to kind of what Michigan does and I right. think that's what I think that's what rule is going and for. it probably always would have had a quarterback that can run on his yes. own too yeah. yes yeah 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 I don't think you're ever going to see this this coaching staff go with you know the Dan Marino-esque you know statuesque type right. passer yeah. I don't think that's and, and and quite honestly it's it's kind of a dying breed anyway when you even when you look in the NFL most of that's the quarterbacks that, that are back there are guys that, you know, have the ability to scramble, to move the pocket, and to maybe, you know, get yards with their feet if they have to. Yeah, once uh, Ben Roethlisberger and Brady are gone, yeah, it uh, might be a little bit of a, a dying breed to some degree. Uh, a little little bit of news here, just passing it along. This just broke right before Josh was, uh, or uh, John was coming on. Um, Nebraska got a transfer today to former Baylor uh, running back slash wide receiver. I can't totally tell what position he played. Uh, Josh Fleeks has committed to transfer to Nebraska. He's been at Baylor since uh, twenty. Let's see, twenty eighteen was his freshman year, so that would have been during Rule's tenure there, right? Yeah, Rule yeah, probably so recruited he, this guy to so, Nebraska. Yeah, and, and there, there, there you go. There's, there's a, there's a relationship, right? Obviously, you know, he he was recruited by Rule's staff there, and now with a year oh. left of eligibility, I'm assuming he has a year left of eligibility. Yes. Twenty eighteen, heck, he might still have four years left of eligibility. But it'd be weird um, if he transferred and didn't have a year of eligibility. I think <laughs> uh, four star recruit was the thirty two ranked player in the state of Texas. Also ran track, competing in the one hundred, two hundred, and high jump during his high school career. So there you go. Another what I want to see Texas is guys. pole vaulters. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see him go out and get him get him a pole vaulter because you know that's a that you talk about a dying art. The old Walter Payton dive over the end zone. Now it's all about, you know, burring your head in there and you're getting pushed from behind and getting shoved into the end zone. The Walter Payton swan dive over the pile into the end zone. We need pole vaulters. That's a high jumper. That's a high jumper. A high jump. He doesn't doesn't get a pole. You need a pole vaulter. You need the actual pole. Yeah. Okay, just yeah, because you can pole vault. Just because you can pole vault 13 feet doesn't mean you can go six and a half. 
Yeah, yeah but jump. imagine imagine you run a play where you use, like, let's say you're set up in the I formation, right? You use the fullback as your leverage, and you just, you just like, jump on his back and kind of put your hand down on his shoulder pads <laughs> and then leap over the pile. That's where the pole vaulting comes imagine in. Imagine getting a shot option. putter at quarterback. <laughs> that oh, wait, you be, had they, that with Scott Frost. Oh, they Scott. had that. <laughs> that's, that's true. Well, and they won a title. Uh-huh. Caleb, how so. about, well, let's go more of a discus style or a javelin style at quarterback. Oh, please give me a little javelin. Give me a little Revenge of the Nerds run up to throw that 57-yard <laughs> Hail Mary. It's kind of like how happy Gilmore <laughs> Golfed would be how the javelin thrower would be the quarterback, right? Why are, why are they setting up in punt formation? No, they're not setting up in punt formation. The quarterback just needs a running start to throw the deep ball. Why do they have four tight ends in there and just one wide receiver out wide? Well, I think we know where the ball's going. I kind of want to see that play, to be honest. Line up in the extreme punt shotgun. Just wind you up. You bring out the long right? snapper specifically. Do for the it. crow hop or whatever you guys call it in javelin. Why do the penultimate the, step. Yes. Why? Why do you think Nebraska went to Florida to get a long snapper as a transfer? That's a good point. I think we've cracked a code. <laughs> We're putting all tra- and then what are we doing with like the uh, the the distance runners on the roster? That's the other thing. What are they doing? Exactly? I just want them running laps on the sideline. <laughs> Stay warm, boys. I'm not really sure what they're what they're good for. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll have to lesson to be learned for anyone out there. Distance running now it doesn't really apply to anything. Right. And as somebody who wanted more scholarships to go to the throwers, I agree. Distance runners don't really know what they're good for. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it's really a wasted art, really. Honestly, <laughs> who does uh, who's uh, Creighton have when you're staying over? Are they in conference play? Butler. Okay, Creighton, Butler. could Creighton win this one, please? Is that possible? I, I would like to. Jeez, I would Start like helping to. Helping out it's, Nebraska's it, resume. Come on, man. I, listen, right now, I'm. I just. Uh, I would just like to see a positive result. We That's all. Would. All I want. We all would. It's tough. No, you don't. Don't lie to me. John, you're enjoying this. You're smiling. He's smiling. It's possible to want it, but still enjoy every outcome. (laughs) That's possible. Okay. Uh, so See, you're I, having your cake and you're eating it. Too, it's true. I am. It's finally nice. Not fair. (laughs) I don't know. Not fair. My team won last night. It wasn't very close. I mean, for most of the game, this wasn't very close. But nonetheless. All right. Can, well, we expl- can, can someone explain why that why, why that wasn't part of the season ticket package? I don't know. That was bad. Battle in the vault. Yeah. Folks I mean, I thought I thought money. for a moment I you know I thought Barry Collier was coaching again. It was crazy. I mean, coming off and, and so weird because coming off Purdue, where that was the first time PBA felt like that for like four years, uh, and then nothing. So I'm pretty sure we had more people at one of my high school games when we played Palmer. <laughs> Hey kids! That's a joke. Cla- like eight people listening are going to get. Yeah, right. it's the Class D two state finals. Uh, oh no! Actually, it's Nebraska versus Queens University. Hey, at least they get. At least they went one and one against the Borough this year. Congratulations, Nebraska five hundred against the Borough. No, Queens. Queens University of Charlotte. Oh, it's not even a yeah, Queens. No, I thought it was Charlotte. Queens, New York. No, no it's in Charlotte. They're no. not in Queens. Oh well, so so much for that. Still zero and one in Queensboro. So. All right. Uh, well, John, uh, enjoy your stay in Omaha and your, uh, you know, your outdoor romp around the city the next couple of nights. Okay. Look forward uh, to trying out all those great Omaha restaurants, the ones that are still open. Al fresco might be nice. Uh, some patio seating available in the old market. Look at the lights. Should be nice. Uh, good. Hey, uh, safe travels. Uh, have a good show today. I'll be listening, and we'll talk to you here uh, in, in two weeks. We're off next week, so we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. All right. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. There you go, John Bishop. Host of Unsportsmanlike Conduct on 16 at 20 The Zone. Our sister station. All right, it's 856. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN.
Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, we're going to do some uh, live weather coverage tomorrow. It happens to just fall during our show. Uh, we're also going to give away Nebraska tickets to Iowa for the December 29th game. Uh, we're scheduled to have the Grow Lincoln team in. Scheduled to have Greg Sharp. I think all of that will be kind of um, subject to what's going on with the weather tomorrow as well. But we'll make sure to get you up to date on exactly what's going on out there and keep you safe. All right, we will see you tomorrow. Have a good one. It's 9 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln.